Back to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Well, you know, just the, the most enjoyable thing is the kids and the coaches and just the joy of being coming back to Lincoln, coming back to the University of Nebraska and having this opportunity to lead this program. And I think the toughest thing is that we hadn't been able to get it done and, and finish the way I wanted with, with wins. That's been the toughest thing. But, it, but I wouldn't trade these memories for anything right now. Uh, I'm sure the kids feel the same way right now. We really, we really connected. That's Mickey Joseph from his press conference today talking about the last few months, what they've meant to him as being the head coach at Nebraska. Of course, a former player here, so very big deal, very cool stuff. And uh, I've said it all along. I don't know what happens with Mickey at the end of this, but uh, his career trajectory is heading upward with or without Nebraska. Boop, so boop. Uh, hopefully it is with Nebraska. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but... Uh, I think he's. I think he's, nice. he's quite a gem. I mean, he's again. I've said it before. I what I want to happen is uh, to get kind of back to the Big Ten blueprint. Mickey has, has said that, and he's understood that. But if you do that and then add in the Mickey Josephs, the dynamic recruiters at the mm. skill position players, look out. And I'm sure he can. I'm, I'm sure with how good of a recruiter he is, he is more than capable of getting the big boys that you need to be more competitive in the Big Ten than you have been the last few years. Yeah, Rico. By the way, do you think that this is like an overhaul? I know a lot of people kind of say build it from the ground up, all that stuff. Um, other than Iowa State, Nebraska keeps these. You know, one possession games pretty close now. I think they've lost uh, five of them. Could mm-hmm. be six this year. Of course, last year we know it was, it was yeah. all the other ga- all the games are at least. I don't. Digit. Do you mean overhaul like roster? Wise or coaching wise, just in general, when you hear this, pro- when someone when someone talks about the Nebraska job, and it's got probably two back to back three like and nine massive rebuild, you look at it and you think that's got to be a massive rebuild. They got to start over. I don't, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a massive rebuild. There's going to be some rebuilding that's that's going to be needed to be done. It's mostly. Mostly just a culture shift, just a mentality shift. Because as I've said it before, I mean nobody really wants to hear it, but this roster has talent. There are there are guys on this roster that are supremely talented and can assist you in getting to where you want to be as a program. Right now, all they need is is leadership. They need some type of leadership from from off season to the end of the season. I'm not speaking on previous coaching staffs, but I am saying that this coaching staff, as it is right now, has offered. Uh, a ton of leadership from when they took over until right now, and you've seen, you've seen it in in multiple games. The way that they've played, the way that they've stuck together, and the way that they talk about each other, talk about the coaching staff, talk about the coaches, talk about the players. That this team truly believes in themselves, and I understand that people will say, "Oh, they've always believed in themselves," and they played the same way with Scott Frost, and they played the same way with you, you know whoever else the coach was, except for Mike Riley when it seemed like they were giving up at that last season. But at that point, they knew their coach was gone, pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of I, I don't give them a pass, obviously, because you don't want to see losing. But they knew their coach was gone, and they knew they were going to get a new coach, and it was. You know, you're pretty much playing like for nothing. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're playing for nothing because this guy's going to get fired regardless. Um, but this roster has a ton of talent that just needs to be molded by whoever, whoever the right person is, whoever the next coach is, you know, hopefully, you know, to me, hopefully Mickey Joseph stays around because I feel as if he's instrumental and very, very key in not only getting these guys to where they want to be, but keeping this roster together, keeping their roster intact as it is. And 
again, I understand that people feel certain ways about the roster and, and why would you want to keep this roster when they've only won this many games and yada, yada, yada. But as we've said before, experience is key in the Big Ten. You want to get old, you want to stay old. And these guys have experience playing in the Big Ten. They have experience losing in the Big Ten. They have experience winning a couple of games in the Big Ten. But they have experience playing against these teams that they're going to face year in and year out. They have experience playing in this cold weather, playing in this blistery, windy weather. And they know what it takes to, to go on the road and to travel and to stay home and to play games and to, and to deal with all of the social media hate and love that they get from this fan base and other fan bases. So a complete overhaul I don't think is necessary, but you are going to have to make a significant amount of changes in order to get this team to where it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, I think if you just kind of go up and down the roster, I mean, there's certain spots that you feel pretty good about, you know, running back, wide receiver, um, you know, on the opposite side. I mean, linebacker with Hausman looks pretty good, the young young secondary players that they have. Um, you know, just kind of wherever you can kind of think. There, there is, there's some solid foundational pieces to move with going forward. Um, I know there there is some already response back to what you're saying about, yeah. you know, it being further away. I think and again, it, it's 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 probably a little bit away from competing for the uh, the Big 10 title in the college football playoffs oh, yeah, you know, that's 3 right. to 4 yeah, years yeah. in a row. Uh, but it is I, what I'm what I'm thinking like you is it this is a team that should have been bowling you know that's part of the frustration. This the roster that that they've been able to put together over the last 5 years they should they should be going to bowl. You games. don't play this many close games without talent. You don't play yeah. this many close games, and you're not in as many games as you've been in the last few years without having some sort of talent on your roster. And I under, again, I understand. You know, we get the text messages. We have all these four stars, and we can't win. You know, K State, Kansas, Iowa State, Iowa has all these two, three stars, lower four stars, and they're winning games consistently. It's about how you. De- I understand that. It's about development. It's mm-hmm. about getting the guys in here. Regard, even if it's a five star, you still got to develop them. It's always been about development, regardless of what level you're at, regardless of of how talented you are, how talented people tell you that you are. It's always been about development. It's about getting in here, realizing that despite all of the talent that you could have all the talent in the world, there's still going to be some things you're not that good at and you need to get better at. And that's exactly what the coaches at every university need to do. And that's unfortunately what the coaches at this university haven't been doing the last few years. Well, it's crazy, too. You wonder if Nebraska was able to get... Uh, a few more wins in Scott Frost's first year if that, that confidence would just build up. Because you think about all the close losses that they have, it's like, you know, you look over the sideline, you want you want to believe in that guy. Mm-hmm. And not just because he told you, because you know, you've seen it, you've worked through it, you've gotten those wins. They have not been able to get any wins, basically, in, in one possession games. And they, no. they've had a few. They beat Rutgers this year. But, yeah, I mean, you get my point. There's just... There, you know, I I think that that's that's what helps a lot of these teams. You know, more than anything is is that you've been able to to do it. You look over your coach in your sideline; he's calm. He's you know, and he's leading you to another victory, or, or, or you know, you've been there before. And I just think at a certain point that belief factor faded away, and to the point you know, to this year with the onside kick in the northwest, mm-hmm. like waiting for him to get in the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's just it's it's been. It's been somewhat tragic to watch over the last several years, but here in about a week, maybe two weeks, uh, we'll kind of know the direction and where they go from here. Uh, Here's Mickey Joseph today on his press conference about the level of concern about where his team was when he took over. Well, just just the overall overall attitude, and they want to. And so we we attacked that and attacked it that we're going to do it together. And I think it was more of – 
not them meeting me on my side of the table and not meeting on their side of the table, that we meet in the middle because that's what men do. We meet in the middle, we, we agree to disagree. And I think they understood that. And I, and I also think that I was easier to approach, that you were able to sit down with me and I was able to say, oh yeah, yeah I was wrong with that. I shouldn't have did it that way. And I think they, they, they understand that because like I say, you're dealing with the why generation. If you say, hey, knock down that wall, they're gonna ask why. And the only thing I ask you to do is what? Knock down that wall, you know? So knock on the wall, knock down it, but they, they're gonna ask why, so you gotta have an answer for them. They different, you know, and they need, they need to have their arm, your arm around them a lot, you know, and I think they understand that I do care about them. Well, and it's, I always find that interesting when people talk about, you know, kind of this generation uh, when it gets into that, because there's, there are guys that are winning with this generation. So I know that we've, you know, you've had it before, and I'm not saying Mickey was necessarily saying this. He was kind of explaining through his, uh, his thought process there, but I always find it funny when, you know, when, when lack of success, maybe in Nebraska or wherever it is, it's like, well, this generation doesn't do this or that. It's like, well, Nick Saban seems to be uh, working fine yeah. with this generation, you know. <laughs> uh, Ryan Day seems to have figured it out. Everybody's like, oh, this generation doesn't want to work hard. I'm like, well, I mean, other people are getting this generation to work hard. <laughs> Maybe it's just the maybe it's just the the players that you're getting from this generation. Yeah. But even then, I you know I feel like they want to work hard. They want to do these things. It just hasn't worked out. Yeah. Uh, here's Mickey on how he thinks he's set the foundation for this team. Well, I think I think they're better now than when I found them. I think they're you know they're a better team. They're a more confident team. That no, they hadn't gotten the wins, but I think they're better people right now. I think they they can see they can see the growth in themselves, and I can see the growth in them, and I think that. They know that something's you can build something here. They know we're a couple of pieces away because we don't play some close games. And we, when we come back on Sunday, we identify what happened. So we know we're a couple of pieces away that we need to get up in here to help us get over that hump. And, of course, uh, we can break down Iowa here for a second and then kind of get into uh, – you talked about what he's going to do after the game, so I thought that's kind <laughs> of interesting. It's kind uh, of funny. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, let's look into Iowa a little bit since it is Iowa hate week, since it is the game week for Iowa. Is Iowa different or similar to the last few teams you faced? This is similar. I think this, this side of the conference is similar. I think that you're going to see big linemen. You're going to see they're going to run the ball and manage the clock and play good defense. Yeah, that sounds sounds about right. One That's of the standouts, Big Ten West, right yeah. there. <laughs> one of the standouts for Iowa is Jack Campbell. In fact, he's uh, one of the nation's uh, uh, semifinalists for. Uh, the Butkus Award for the Linebacker of the Year. So that's going to be interesting to look out for. You can't miss him. He's very big. Uh, Jack Campbell, here's what Mickey had to say about him. He does everything well. He plays the run well, plays the pass bell well. He, set, he, he gets them lined up. He's a really good football player, a really good football player. There's Mickey about Jack Campbell specifically. Here's about the defense that I was going to bring in general. Well, if you look at their defense, if you look at the, the starting 22, there's not one transfer in there. So they all have been raised through the program. What, I, what I've been saying in these press conference, you got to keep them in a program. That coach has kept them in a program. So those kids been in the system three years, four years, five years, and they hadn't changed their system. So that's why it makes a good defense because they don't make mistakes. They line up right and they don't, they just, they don't bust coverages. They don't miss gaps. They don't make mistakes. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's why I kind of like watching Iowa football. Of course you do. It's just of course you do. Very sound football. <laughs> uh, before we get to those final, you know, after the game thing, I did want to get to this too because I I looked over it a bit. Uh, in-state recruiting. He had a little comment on that. Like you said, couldn't talk about the players specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last night's game, it, it's uh, his his comment. <laughs> just uh, just listen. All right. I think when you when you look at the kid and, and you you know he's a no-brainer, don't dance around it and pull the trigger on him. And keep him here, and make sure that you keep all the good players here in the state of Nebraska. Hmm. Is he talking about Zane Flores there? I don't. Know. I don't know. He didn't mention any names. Yeah, I didn't say any he didn't names. Any names. Look at just the kid. Uh, if you look at a kid, you know he's a he's a he's a he's a stud. He's a player. Just uh, don't think about it too much. Well, and again, the news from today, or I guess coming over from last night, is that Tristan Alvano, the stud field goal kicker for Westside, has been offered a scholarship. Good. Um. As recently as last night, so well, it, it was offered a preferred walk on. That still, right. that still counts. Yeah, but then you go in there and you hit a fifty yarder in inside Memorial Stadium and you hit the game winner for the Class A state like, championship. Oh, wait a, wait a yeah, minute, hold on, five field goals. There. <laughs> That's interesting. All right, uh, as we said, Mickey Joseph. It's probably his last game as a head coach, unless there's a surprise, and we can still see it uh, as he uh, as we move forward here. Um, but it's kind of interesting here. What is the message to your players after the game? Of course, the season will be over one way or the other, uh, whether Mickey Joseph's the coach moving forward or not. Well, I think the message to him is like, you know, let's let's sit back and wait and see until we hear anything. And once we hear something, then we'll act on it. But right now, everybody go get away and relax and clear your mind. And then if you get a phone call, you know, show up. There you go. And then one more question. After the game, then what? I'm going to be on my couch until I get a phone call. <laughs> okay? I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be on my couch. I mean... I'm going to coach him up until Friday. Then Saturday, I'm going to spend all day with the family. Then Sunday, I'll probably come in here and get some things done. But until I hear anything, you know, everybody's going to kind of just take some time away. Not a bad time to probably relax. I'm sure it's been uh, as fun as it's been for him. Very stressful, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, as well. So, yeah, just sit back, watch some nice Saturday college football. That's what I did last Saturday. And it was awesome. So. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be the same uh, this week as well. All right, let's take a quick break here. Uh, and when we come back, bad news in the gaming community, Rico. College football is going to wait longer than we expected it to. Sad. To new game. Also, I have a little uh, volleyball news and a little bit of recruiting news. Oh, there we go. So lots of, lots of stuff coming up here in the final segment of the Ticket Water Cooler. We'll be right back here on a Tuesday afternoon on 93.7 The Ticket.